Here we go, everybody. Welcome to Into the Combine. Um, we got a beautiful episode for you. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I just felt like talking because nobody else was talking. Um, I guess let's introduce ourselves. For those of you who haven't listened to this brutal podcast before, I'm Shoddy. Uh, I'm Evil J-Dog. But what are we doing this week? What's going on? Do we want to break it down first or... Uh, if you could sing a breakdown, because I forgot one. Oh, okay. I can definitely do that. Okay. Awesome. Are those like pick slides or... Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, just fucking sliding up the fucking, and then one of them was a whammy, yeah, like a yeah, little, a little hammer pull off, but yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, sign me up. I'm gonna download that. Yeah, uh, breakdown of the year probably, <laughs> um, off the album Get Fucked, and uh, yeah, there we go. Beautiful uh, shit. That's a good name. That's just a good band, like hardcore I, band name. Get fucked. <laughs> I know. I don't honestly know how nobody's taken it yet, but like G I T. So and you know, get her done. Get and then F K E. So you're not swearing or saying anything bad. Oh, even get better. Fucked. Yeah, see, yeah. get fucked. But yeah, I don't know how it's, yeah. It's such a good name for a band. What's the lyrics about? That song? Like, just, the, just is oh, that the theme of the band? No, it's very inspirational. Oh, like, like the opposite. Yeah, throwing people yeah, off. Yeah, the complete opposite. Complete, yeah, throwing people off. Like, you can do it. We can overcome. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. Like, shit like that. Like, right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. But the Just album comp- cover, it's really fucking, like, everything's to throw you real, off. Real negative. Like, an, uh, to, to get <laughs> fucked, and it's like a nuclear cloud, yeah. like a mushroom cloud in the background. Yeah. It's a, yeah. a complete enigma. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like that, man. That's innovative. Yeah. yeah I'm trying. Thinking outside I'm trying. the box. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You know, like, you know, so much, so much of metal is negative. Not really, but people think it's negative. I'm trying to, you know, just be the light in the darkness. Any Anything corny, we'll throw it into a song. People will love it. Well, keep an eye out for that, folks. I guess uh, <laughs> <laughs> new, new album's coming soon. <laughs> uh, anyways, well, we don't really know what we're doing today. But no, we, we do have an know. Idea. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we do know. We yeah, on. I mean, we don't, we're not complete fucking idiots. We got an interview with uh, the fucking legend, Carl Willits, from a little known band named Bolt Thrower. Have you guys heard of them? I think I have. Maybe like once. Yeah. One song. Yeah, whatever. They're okay. And then more recently, Memoriam. And, uh, oh, okay. Definitely heard of them. Yeah. Not the Bolt Thrower guys, yeah. though. But Memoriam, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. They got a new album coming out. So. Sat down with Carl, did a nice interview. That guy was fucking awesome. I can't, you know, I'm always amazed when these older dudes have like some enthusiasm or are just, you just always expect them to be like, they've been doing that shit forever. They've been doing interviews forever. Dude, he, he was the front man of Bolt Thrower. How could you not be happy? <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you lived the best life ever. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, dude. Oh, man. Do, do we have any dates for that new album? Was anything this teased? Friday, anything which else? is... Uh, oh, wow. Oh, okay. So we're talking the, the 3rd something. of February. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very nice. It's good, too. It's fucking good. They've been on kind of on a roll the last three, but he was awesome, man. He was just, he was just a cool guy. I, and then we also did it on YouTube, and I uh, went ahead and like just saved the video for that. So I'm going to throw it up on YouTube for like the video interview. Awesome. Right. So if you want to see 
my dumbass face. Man, I don't know. I'm okay with listening to my voice now, but like watching my face on there. Dude, you're handsome, bro. Wow. You, you got a you got a sexy mug. What are you talking about? Yeah, but I forget about my crooked ass nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got a crooked ass nose, and yeah, I forget I about it. But I when I was looking at the too, but it's fine. You're good. You look good. I do. You, you're fine. Just leave it. No, hey, let's be real. No one's looking at you, Jay. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's a good point. Jay, got a question though. Were you wearing a hat? Yes. You always wear hats now. What is this? I was. It's in my bonus room. It's cold. I had a beanie. Oh, wait, on. you were wearing a oh a beanie. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought you were wearing like a okay. That's fine. That's you cool. You have a problem with the hats? No, no, not at all. I just it's just for the long all my life you didn't have any hats on, and then now I only see you in hats <laughs> no, on. It's I easier. didn't mean to ask you for. I dude, I, why do you think I wore one all those years? <laughs> I've lost any other kind of like you know. Yeah, motivation you used to always to do look your good. hair. It used to always be <laughs> nice, and I always used to be the one with the hat. And now it's not opposite because no, I still have a hat on. But yeah, I've been meaning to ask you just what's with it. Yeah, that's about okay. it. Just fucking that's, don't care. Just, yeah, fuck dad mode. Fuck it. Throw it on. <clears throat> but, yeah. yeah, so if you want to watch like my crooked nose and my stupid facial expressions and- uh, <sighs> Dude, enough with the body shaming. Carl. Come on, you are beautiful. <laughs> Again, that's track four of the Get Fucked album. You are beautiful. <laughs> Dude, we should just do it seriously. I'm just- a, positive fucking metal and then it's just so brutal though like i don't even want people to know what's being said could we just but rip if you off, read the lyrics could we just rip off andrew wk she is beautiful he but he is beautiful yeah yeah <laughs> it, <worked. laughs> it could that could be the, actually that's going to be the cover of the first album okay so you know everybody likes to do a, a cheesy little cover that'll that's so get fucked the cover is he is beautiful and it's just our version of it <laughs> okay yeah that's exactly what i was thinking yeah yep okay sounds good uh yeah so that's uh pretty much it and then uh, i don't know i got a couple tracks i just wanted to bring up and that's whatever i don't know if you guys got shit or not but all right <laughs> let's start with the already. one i've been i've been uh like how did you guys to listen to i don't know if you've listened to it yet but it's my Probably first not, clip but-
Okay, I'm sorry for not listening to you. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was nice. What what is it? That band is Majesties. The album's coming out, I don't know, I think in a month in March. It's The World Unseen. And that's the first track in Yearning Alive. But as soon as I saw this pop up and they described it as like Gothenburg style melodic death metal on 20 bucks spin, I was like, holy shit, this is gonna be good. So I, I feel like everybody I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you guys you, you know we all kind of unite on good melodic death metal. I know you you two more than me, but but if you're telling me it's gonna be like rooted in that, in that nineties style from that era, like fucking hell, man. And you can do it good. I just, I, I was like, you guys got to listen to this. Mm-hmm. Is this the album Vast Reaches Unclaimed? Um, yes, it is. Okay. Very, okay, <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for that album. <laughs> I, honestly, so when you said 20 bucks split, I'll be honest with you, I was like, Melodic Death Metal on that album? I know, it's that weird. that record label? <laughs> yeah. I was like, he probably doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I just didn't even listen to you. So, yeah, I'm looking it's forward to this. It's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, but. Yeah. But it, it's honestly, though, it's refreshing. So maybe they we will oh, yeah. start getting just not vomit metal coming from that <laughs> label and maybe it'll be something you know of substance but wow three uh three members oh i so, think i think 20 buck has been broadening it for a minute you know okay i just because they I just you know they, they have like a doom band that just came out this year they've done some of the like the funeral doom stuff uh, maybe yeah, I don't know but it's, it's like, also it seems like it's just always death metal though you know i know for yeah sure, i agree Stan, i agree it. but i wonder yeah. if it's the same as what we do is where you get that fatigue of it maybe he's like you know They've yeah, got a little sure. bit more black metal on there too, and mm-hmm. I think it has been broadening. A I mean, bit. I, I mean, I personally want like they should do that. Like, I don't know why it's oh, let's just stick to one genre. I mean, metal is metal. Let's just cover good music. Yeah, but, yeah good. Yeah, which I think yeah. I think that's exactly what they're doing, which makes me love this label even more because it's yeah, it's I like just a, love- when you want something different. Oh, we're kind of getting sick of like just a million old school death metal bands. Here you go. Here's like an old school melodic death metal. That we don't get too often. I just love Malak Death Metal getting some kind of praise. You know, it's usually just shoddy, just eating it up and no one else. Like, <laughs> if I bring it up. What's yeah. wrong with that? No, I'm just saying you're the only one, but like, I feel like we're the only ones that still listen to this shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you really don't get it. You don't hear it that talked about that much. And there just isn't that much that's come out in the past few years. It's like, you know, it's not, it's not the bulk of things. I'll just say that. Obviously, there's always yeah. stuff coming out. Yeah, yeah, you're always bringing stuff in. Obviously, it's coming out, but, you know, especially in this style. Just no one cares. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I wonder. that's what I'm wondering. Are people going to care about this? Oh, I think so. I, I think like that so. clip. It's good, yeah. Dude, uh, so much jester race on this thing. Oh, yeah. that's what, yeah. Yeah, usually I you do tell us stuff, and I, uh, yeah, I'm always like, yeah, okay, I'll check it out, and I just <laughs> never do. But, like, this one is definitely, I, I'm surprised I haven't yet. I only listened to the whole thing once. And these two tracks, you know, a few times. Uh, so, so, I mean, the whole thing is good. I didn't even say it. It's the guys from Obsequ or someone from Obsequ, and then someone mm. from Inexorum. Oh, so it's like those two bands coming together. Which again, that's again why I was like, wow, I got it. This is gonna yeah. be good. You know. Well, it's weird because so it's a three piece, and whoever Tanner Anderson, whatever band yeah, he's, he's from, from I'm sorry. Okay, he they have him cited for playing guitars, vocals, and drums, which is not possible. Um, and then Carl it's plays guitar, and then Matthew plays bass. Well, I mean, it's pop, but like, well, you know what I'm saying? How do you play guitars, vocals, and drums at the same time? So I'm trying well, to figure out, like, 
Well, there's no shit recording. I'm just trying to, I'm thinking of it as a live album. Yeah. So that's, you know, instantly where I went to. Obviously, I don't know that they're going to be touring. It's probably just a little side project. But Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I guess that's, I just, I'm going into a different direction here. But yeah, yeah I can't, I, so you said you listened to all of it. We have this? Yeah, we got it. We got it. Okay, cool. Listen to it. I just feel yeah, like I it'll be to... an album that unites us all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. Well, if... We need that every once in a while. We need it. Yeah. We've been divided. Yeah. Stan's off doing his own thing. Me and Shotty are worlds apart. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've been frozen uh, for years. I know, I know. And, you're, and you've just been off. It, we connect here. It seems like there. a honeymoon. We do, we do. We come together, we move out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, anyone been listening to anything new or old or what's been going on since the end of the year? Uh, I, I mean, I came across this album that's not out yet, and I only heard, like, the one song from it that seems interesting, but I don't know. I mean, we can talk about it. We cannot talk about it. I can wait for the whole thing you to come well out. tell us the name now. I mean, it's some, from a band that I'd never heard of, and it was really weird because I believe it's a prosthetic record. Hold on one second. Let me just get this right. No, it's not saying. Anyway, so the band is uh, Fires in the Distance. Hmm. And the album is Air Not Meant for Us. And if you want to go to like the the only track you can listen to, which is Harbringers, it's like a 10 minute long song. Mm. I don't know. Just go like three minutes in or something. I don't know. There's just, obviously it's, this is a more melodic death metal and I was just liking what I was hearing. So, I mean, obviously there's five other songs on this album and I haven't listened to any of the old shit, but I just liked this song when I was listening to it. With it being 10 minutes, you guys are probably not going to... You get what I'm saying? You need to listen to the song. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just going to sound like generic melodic death metal. But I was really liking what they were doing, you know, with the changes in the the song structure, I guess. play on it real quick. Yeah. So hit play on it real quick.
gotta be interested. <laughs> I did some jumping around on that. That's a that's a full yes. song. Yeah, so around four minutes, it really starts like building to this like solo. They bring the pianos in, they kind of mellow it out a little bit, but then it like jumps back and forth between like the piano to the heavy, the piano that to the solo heavy. Nice. Yeah, and then yeah, it, and little- then it. Yeah, and then it climaxes at that solo, and it's just like, fuck yeah. I don't know. I was just listening to it when I was at work, and I remember when the, the piano started coming in, thought a different song started, looked down at the phone, still the same song. Then the solo comes in. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I sat down, and then it was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like pissed off because then there's nothing else to listen to. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. It comes out um, April. Hopefully, we get it a little sooner. But yeah, interesting listen. Yeah, just a little doomy. Yeah. It's cool. It, it almost, I mean, I was skipping around, so I don't really know, but it almost had a little bit of like an Omnium Gatherum kind of like. A hundred percent, yeah. Part or yep. something and those heavy yeah. vocals. I mean, I, yeah, I'm kind of curious. It's not my normal go-to style for it, but maybe I'm just in the mood right now because it sounded good. Sounded yeah. good. Now it's on my yes. radar. Thank you. We'll, yep. We'll give you an update when the album comes out. <clears throat> Stan, anything? What's going on? <laughs> oh man, where have I been? Dude, I've been all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> Since last time we talked, oh man, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> so I went, I've been like doing random shit. I did like a Queensryche like, oh, <laughs> run. Damn. damn. Yeah, which still to the day, like Operation Minecraft still fucking good. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> then I went into a, that kind of got wait, me wait, like wait, into wait, a wait. Pop- So wait, you did their whole run or what? Uh, not the later stuff, but like the good stuff. You know? I mean, I only early... know that album. So like, is there anything oh, else no, like, worth it? Dude, the first couple albums are the harder stuff. Yeah. Oh, dude, really? The Queensryche EP is like awesome. Yeah. Huh. I really like all that like old stuff like the, you know, like a lot of times like early stuff's really hard. Like after that, I went into a, I went into a kind of a big like power metal run, which I'd never done. <laughs> yeah. You know, besides Blind Guardian, you know. Wolf. But I got into Halloween like really like <laughs> like for two weeks. That's all I was listening to. But like their their first couple albums are so like they're pretty brutal, you know. Again, I only know like Keepers of the Seven whatever keys. Oh, see, then I got to that, and I was like, oh my god, I can't, I, I, I couldn't believe album. Like I forgot that album, like how good it is. And I went back yeah. to it not long ago, and I maybe I wasn't in the mood, but it wasn't really? hitting me. Yeah, oh, but dude. I do remember liking it. That's why see, I was like, confused. Part- Part two is like kind of mm, meh, but like part one, I was like, "Oh fuck, this is awesome!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Well, maybe I, maybe I wasn't then, in the mood. Then I went to a, <laughs> then for like a month straight, all I was listening to was Funeral Doom, like <laughs> power metal. The Funeral, yeah, I know it's so stupid, that's, but it's yeah, like, that's crazy. <laughs> but you know what? The thing is, it's all stuff I've been wanting to do. That's so I'm actually like taking the time to do stuff I wanted to do. Like I wanted to do a big power metal run and a big like Funeral Doom run. So I'm just doing it, like you know. <laughs> you live your best life, dude. You should yeah, just fucking do it. You want to do I it? Know. Just just do it. Yeah, so I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you've been doing for the whole year? Just doing what yeah, you want to yeah, do? I mean, like, that's what why you... I was being yeah, sarcastic. All over, <laughs> just keep all doing over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he acts like he's been working so hard with podcast shit, and he's finally doing what he wants to do. I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah, this is a whole why, 2022. Was, it felt like a job. Like, <laughs> finding new music. Like, oh, fuck, I got to find another song for the cast. Oh, I'm only bringing two in. Jason's going to bring three. Like, I got to bring another one in. A fucking job. <laughs> you know what they say about a fucking project. <laughs> yeah, never start one. <laughs> never start one. <laughs> You're right. You, I'm glad you found your happiness. Yeah. Where am I at right now? Right now I'm at uh, 
I'm gonna start like a big new album. Like mm. I want to check out some like you know. And besides like Iron Maiden, but like I'm on Priest right now, which I never really, you know. Obviously, I know like British Steel, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like I never really gave them the time of day, so it's been pretty good. I did that uh, last Probably year. Probably when the last album come or the year before yeah i mean yeah exactly you know the bigger ones but i was kind of filling in some of the blank spots of shit Mm -hmm. i didn't know was there any ones that you were like surprised by um i do like oh what the fuck one was it um the whole thing got me uh, i've been like getting the big like watching all the documentaries so like again so like gets you into like yeah obviously like hell bent for leather and british steel are good um screaming for vengeance I, i really never listened to really yeah. Oh, what a fucking good I one. I know, like, obviously it's got, like, Helly and Electric Eye, but I think that album's fucking awesome. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I love that one. But yeah, really, like, British Steel and Hellbent and For Leather are the only ones I listened to before, so, like, it's just, yeah. I haven't got too much farther after that. Oh, okay. Okay. I think I'm on Defenders of the Faith. I gotta listen to it tomorrow. I got pretty into Ram It Down last year. That was one I was, like, going back to a few more times than I had. Did you ever but do any of this like, shit with, uh, what's his name? The other vocalist? No, Tim Owens. Yeah, Ripper. Yeah. yeah, I know he's good and stuff. But Interesting, different. Yeah, but I like I don't know that like watching all these documentaries. They all you know they go into all that old stuff and like I just want to do like a big run and check out these like Saxon I never listened to before ever. Oh, that's one for me. I haven't done either. Saxon. Yeah. I was bringing up Saxon like two months ago, and you guys were just fucking <laughs> writing me off like an were asshole. <laughs> and the only reason I was doing it is because they had this fucking new VLT came out with Saxon on it. So I was just sitting there fucking spinning the goddamn thing, listening to all these Saxon songs in the background. It was like the same twelve of them that I probably listened to for like seven hours, just sitting there fucking spinning this machine. Did you win? You win big. Um, uh, I had a couple nice wins and it was fucking awesome because when you'd win the fucking solo would start going or they would just start, it was just yeah I don't know fuck that slot though it took so much from me after it gave me a little bit it's like the whole thing like fucking Ray I'm up 20 bucks after I put fucking 200 in there cashed out 20 and say I'm up 20 bucks yeah uh, but yeah that, after that I was like fuck yeah I'll listen to these guys because the songs were stuck in my head so yeah. there's like more upbeat Maiden I feel like right with more like yeah. fucking, it's like arena metal, oh, right? I was, yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say like with more over the top vocals, like yeah. that's really all it is. Like, yeah, yeah. So I guess I, I guess I'm reaching British, out to everyone yeah. out there. Like, if there's any like of that stuff, I should be like, I have to listen to. Let me know because you know I want to. Are you talking no album? No like, album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. Dude, I'm I'm curious to see what yeah you're picking up on that because I've I've been wanting to kind of fill in the missing gem pieces from all that shit mm-hmm. too so if you find some good it's such stuff such a big yeah, like you know big part of the history and there's so much you know so so many unexplored albums like i need to, to spend some time with it well like what was the one you used the, the one you bought on vinyl fucking um oh grim reaper like that's so good no, dude, that album's so good i listened to it actually on the vinyl like yeah because uh, you know i got into it because it was like it i think it was was I right when it was like Phil in the and CKY him mowing the lawn and falling in that big hole? <laughs> Is that what it, it's? Dude. It's one of the skits on CKY, like that song. I don't know, man. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I need to. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you guys don't remember? Oh, yeah. It's it's a skit on CKY. That's what got me into the song. But I I, 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 I listened to the, I listened to the album before, like way back in the day, and I remember loving it back then. And like, 
I just put it back on. I was like, I forgot how good this album is. Like, yeah. they're like a hidden gem band. Oh, big time. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, yeah, if you find any good shit, then let us know. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's throw one more on that, uh, a new one. This one also is coming out uh, in February. I don't know when, but let's check it out. Sorry, that's more up my alley. Not that I didn't like the fucking last <laughs> shit, but fuck yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if you guys were gonna like that. Why I would I not? I why would I not like that? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like the first twenty seconds, I was like, "What boring <laughs> next?" Like you know, and then it gets interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's it. It's just interesting. It's it's exactly. Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of what you're not looking for, or what? How am I trying to say here? What you are looking for? Not yeah, what you're yeah. not looking for. I right? like it's not simple boring death metal. It's uh. Have you ever listened? It's, it's, so the band's Althar. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. You didn't go to that show with me, Stan, did you? With them and Outer Heaven and... No, I didn't. Okay. Well, I had them on my list back when their first album came out, Cosmovore. Then they had another one come out, and I really liked it, but I was kind of late to getting into it. And then they just are now putting out these new ones. They're doing two? a regular 45-minute album, something like that. And then mm-hmm. a second release, which is two songs, and they're like 20 minutes each. And uh, weird, yeah, I know, I know. And at first, I was like, that's a lot to put out all at once, but then I listened to them and they're both just fucking awesome like, seriously, like blowing me away. So, what's what was, like the what was the name of that album? So, the, the one that that one's from is called uh, Anthronomicon, yeah, Anthronomicon. And then there's another one, Helionomicon. That track was Saccades. This is from the more normal album or normal length album. Like, the other one has the two longer songs and they're a little more like, I guess, expansive or whatever, they're a little different. But it all fits. It's just, it's a mix of death metal, black metal, and like, I don't know. They mix, they remind me of shit like, you know, when Morbid Angel would get weird or like Ripping Corpse and stuff that's like different. Like you can't really, you know, peg down like what they're doing. There's, they've got those black metal vocals. They've got the death metal. They go more simple. They go, it's always interesting and it's always twisting and turning and it's just fucking keeps your attention, but it's also pretty listenable. Yeah. Twisty turny. That's twisty exactly turny. That's thinking. all I had to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
I don't usually get, you know, I don't like to like focus on the end of the year list shit, you know? I don't really think about it until it's like the week before it. <laughs> like the most I'll do is when I hear something good I like, I'll add it to a playlist and then I'll come back to it mm-hmm. later. But this did, this was the first thing I was like, this got me making the playlist at least, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's how good it was. So hmm. check it out. Mm-hmm. But that's it for me. That's the only new stuff I've checked out. I haven't even checked out the new obituary yet. Oh no? yeah, that did come out, and I have not listened to that either. Dude, I heard I'm right like, there with you. I heard like both sides. Like it sucks, and then I heard it like it was really good. But like so anybody who says that it sucks was not. That's they're the wrong people to be listening to that album. I think yeah, you're I don't right. know. I, I haven't even that. listened I think it was just to just online. Yeah. Like I'm in part of so many groups on Facebook, and yeah. I think someone you know said. I'm something, just saying, but. like that's not, I haven't even listened to it yet, and I'm not even the biggest obituary fan. But if you have the nerve to say that that <laughs> album sucks, then like you're an idiot. Like, that's your <laughs> the wrong reasons for you listening to it. Then so yeah, I think you're right. Go, go find right. something else to fucking get you off if that album sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'm pretty confident it's going to be good. Their last self-title yeah. was awesome. I think no, I'm going to get was. to it. I just haven't done it yet. Yeah, it's just disrespectful. Like, don't be an asshole. Like, I can under... Like, they're not... They don't fucking... There's certain bands that I get... You can say a Metallica album sucks. They're fucking... That's debaucherous. Obituary, they're they're respectful. So... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show a little bit of class. Fucking clowns. There's the rant for the episode. Anything else Check. you want to get off your chest? Rants? Anything else? Dude, we- the fucking... Well, real quick. The live scene, I feel like, is dying. More and more... Mean? I just feel like more and more... I, I know smaller metal bands are claiming that they can't do it anymore. They can't afford to go on... It's fucked. Mm. Ticket prices being ridiculous. Venues taking more and more for fucking merch. Dude, I, I know kinda, we've, we've already so had like, this discussion before, but yeah, it's literally... I mean, it's fucked. Do like our 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 main place we go to the sanctuary. Like I feel like there's nothing coming up. Like you know, yeah, it's been is dry. That still, is that still a Live Nation uh, venue? Because no. that's going to be the kicker. That's the issue. Because they all Live Nation fucking has a monopoly, and they're pretty much like ass fucking bands. Because yeah, I think there's a big conspiracy with record labels and Live Nation to funnel all the money through them. Because yeah, you don't see any. There's no concerts in my area that aren't at a Live Nation venue. Like, everything is fucking, which brings me to my next point. We need to make a venue get fucked, and it's a metal <laughs> venue that, any you know, it's just, we don't take a cut out of the fucking, you know, well, obviously we got to make some money, but th- their merch, keep your fucking merch. Why am I getting paid for your merch? You trucked it in. You sold it. Like, I'm not doing, like, why Why do I need to charge you fucking a tax for you selling something in my building? That's just asinine. The same assholes that are selling beer for $12 for a fucking 16 ounce are going to take 30% off of the shirt that you just bought? Like, fuck this. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I so, don't agree with that whatsoever. Yeah, I, that's, it's ridiculous. So. That's like the only way those fucking bands make money too, dude. Yep, you know? It, it, mm-hmm. well, that, well, that's the thing is they realized it and they were like, fuck it. Let's take that from them too then. So yeah, like. Fucked. It's like killing yeah. your own business because how are they going to even tour? It's literally yep. the one thing keeping bands going is the fucking merch. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword because it's like I don't want to go to shows anymore because I don't want to fucking. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to contribute to that. But at the same time, how do how am I supposed to you know, support the bands that I like? So, I mean, yeah, we can buy their albums, but the. The shows was the way. You know what I'm saying? You buy their merch. That was direct money back in their pocket. And now the fucking venue's taking a cut. It's just, it's gotten completely out of hand now. I mean, the entire concert, I mean, I don't know if people heard about the bullshit that happened with that asshole, um, what's her name? 
Taylor Swift, where those fucking concert tickets were like they're thousands yeah. of dollars for like horse shit seats. It's just the whole. Obviously, it's just a broken system now. So. I don't know. Nothing's going to change either. Well, dude, I would just made a post on this on our mm-hmm. in, in the uh, Facebook group, the Patreon group, because that was that fucking pissed me off. And I I, I was gonna I was trying to get tickets for Alicia for a for a a concert, or whatever. It doesn't even matter who it was. And it was one of those situations where like you get the pre-sale, you get in in line for it, and it fucking sells out within like yeah. same thing as yep. Taylor Swift, where it was like. You know, the first minute. And then you go on there and it's all the fucking scalpers and yep. it's like three times the price. And I was like, that's fucked. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it's the same so, shit. To f- this, was like, sorry, uh, this was like, this was like, this was Tyler Childers, which is like, you know, uh, country, but more like not shit country, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like underground shit or whatever. And so then this other guy comes out who's, who's similar boat where like, you know, fuck the major labels, like doing his own thing. And the... The only reason I'm bringing this up is because it's like a fucking awesome to see someone like he's like fighting back because he's like, we're not doing mm-hmm. any Live Nation or Ticketmaster shit. We're only going to do uh, Axis. You know, you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's smaller. It's yeah, a lot we've all smaller. used that. Before. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, we're only doing that. You can only get it for a certain price. You can't resale it. You can only resale it through their app like with with the same price. You can't charge yeah, more for it. Yeah. So you're 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 eliminating all the bullshit that like Ticketmaster and Live Nation are doing cuz they're well, like don't they you, own you know StubHub? The, well, yeah, they own StubHub so and you know the reason their fucking pocket. Well, well, I was going to say you know the reason why they don't care is cuz when you go ahead and turn around and sell that ticket for $7,000, guess who gets a cut of that $7,000? Yeah. So why fucked. why would they give a fuck if it's if you sell it at re, like at list value? They're making more money off of the, off you scalping it. Yeah, so they have no incentive again, to stop that. No, they don't and they don't give a fuck about us. That's that's the thing. They don't give a shit. So, yeah, until we either stop going to shows, which isn't going to happen cuz there's fucking rubes all over or the artists stop performing live, which again isn't going to happen because that's their livelihood. It's we're just down this shitty path. So I hope more people do like that. That what that dude's doing, like you know, take that as like a model. Yeah, otherwise, I hope so mm-hmm. too, man. I hope so too. But I gotta say though, there's been some good tours coming up, like being announced. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen some of the new ones coming up? No, I mean we're still fortunate that none of our shows are ever going to be like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, unless you right. want to go see I some stupid, it's still. But at the same time, though, it's just it's disheartening where we used to go to a show for fifteen dollars, and now I'm seeing it's like thirty, and it's like not a thirty dollar. Like these aren't thirty dollar bands that I should be paying to see. No offense to the bands, but like right. it's just, and that's clearly the venue. It's not the band. It's clearly the venue charging more. Yeah. So. It's they're fun. still getting paid like they're fifteen dollar bands, but yeah, well, the, yeah, exactly. Well, the thing that pisses yeah, me off too so. is it's not. You can argue inflation in some stuff, but like electricity has not gone up in price. So if anything, electricity has gotten cheaper, especially where I live. So at a venue, you're not running the fucking speakers off of natural gas. It's electricity. So how can you? Do you know what I'm saying? Like you can't really argue inflation because you're not. At that point, nothing that you operate has been inflated. Your beer prices, you're still turning around and selling them for more money. So I don't get how they're going to say that inflation is causing their prices to go up. So yeah, maybe the bands, right? Gas prices. That's whatever, what I was. But, just, that's what I was just gonna say. That's what I was just gonna say. If anything, yeah. it's the bands where they have the. But the venues, it's all electricity. You turn the fucking air conditioning on. Electricity, like it's not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, you got valid points, valid points. Yeah. Luckily, like you said, it's like the small venues like Stan was talking about, our local one. Like yeah. That, you know, we don't have to worry about that shit, but not yet at least, but minus like the the bands getting fucked over. I don't know. I don't know. 
how the sanctuary is with that stuff. I would imagine they're pretty good with. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but it's like Stan said though. Would you even see any shows coming through there? That's the kicker. They are. That's they I'm are. T- okay, just, I think okay. it's just being a little dry there. But like. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's some other venues that are starting to look up around here, like like Stan, like we got the Machine Shop, we got like Morbid Angel, mm-hmm. and then there was another one that's coming there too, which that's weird. It's like a different one for them all to come to, but yeah. Hmm. I'm getting all excited. Right. There's some good stuff coming. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's still early, beginning of the year, so. Yeah, yeah. it's been a while since we went to one. Oh, I know. That's why I've, well, I've been looking. The last one we went to didn't even happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good point. Well, I'm definitely going to Morbid Angel. I want to see Enslaved. I kind of want to go definitely check out the new BDM, you know, with the new vocalist. Yeah. Or, you know, with Ryan on vocals, so. Yeah, me and my brother are going to go to that, too, when it comes here just to see Good. that. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's shit coming now. All right. Anything else? We just launched our uh, award show on the on the Patreon, so if you're looking for more shit, you can go on there and hear all the best of the best of the best in 2022 categories and prizes. and Yeah. Host of the year. Yeah. Got some more stuff coming up. Yeah, we got a big one coming up. Big discography show. We're not going to ruin that, but nope. stay tuned. It's a good one. Just fitting for winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fitting. I'll, I'll argue it's fitting year-round, but fuck these two. So. <laughs> no, you're right. It is. <laughs> I remember listening to one. I'll, I'll talk about it at that show, but I remember listening to one album during like the dead of summer and still loving it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's get to that interview. Carl Willits. Enjoy, play a little something from the new album, and uh, go listen to it when it comes out. Hell yeah. All right, everybody. Well, yeah. I'm Evil Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Jay the man. <laughs> um, shoddy. <laughs> and you guys stay fucking metal. <laughs>
Jason. Carl, how you doing, man? Jason, I am two minutes late <laughs> as I have been working today and I have just finished. What a shit day. Oh, man. <laughs> At least it's Thursday. You are only halfway through yours. I have now completed my day. So I'll tell you what, before we start and do anything else, wait one second. Sure thing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me, I deserve this answer today. <laughs> I wish uh, I could join you. I got the coffee. It's yeah, midday. well, it's still early for you guys, so I'll have one for you, okay? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, how you doing, Jason? You right, mate? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, it's halfway through the day, but it's Thursday, and uh, it's almost Friday. Yeah, we have we have passed the zenith of the week, and we are heading on the downward spiral. That's right. So that's good. I've got one one more day of hell to do it. <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell, my my normal job is I I work for the British Business Bank. I had I had managed uh, a business startup loan scheme. And January's is always a nightmare, mate, because everyone decides on January the 1st, shit, my life is rubbish, I'm going to start a new business <laughs> and applies for a loan. And none of them know what the fuck they're doing. So uh, I have to just wave to a bunch of fucking idiots and <laughs> jokers and no-hopers uh, until it all calms down in February or March. So there we go. Uh, that's that's been my day. Telling people to fuck off, basically, in a, in a, in a, in a very polite way, <laughs> which I'm not going to do for you. I'm going to be uh, very convivial and answer all your questions in a concise manner because uh, I've just wasted five minutes of your time. <laughs> oh, it's all great. I'm going to hit record here on this thing, just so we recording know we in that. progress. Okay, okay, recording is in progress. So do not say fuck or bugger. <laughs> Or say it all, or say it yeah, all. Yeah, say it all. Cool. <laughs> oh, Carl. Well, you know, I get it, man. It's a it was a rough work day today, but uh, we're here. It's the we, end of your day. We made it Relax. through. Relax. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We only got three interviews to do tonight, but you're luckily that you're the first one, so I'm fresh. fresh. I am keen. <laughs> I am enthusiastic. Ask me again in three hours' time. <laughs> I imagine that's rough, man. Uh, yeah, well, I know it's, it's part of the course. You know, yeah. I should be used to it by now. Uh, yeah, I, I, do, I enjoy talking to uh, to people about me and what I'm doing, you know, ultimately. Have you ever had an absolutely uh, horrible question, like something that just really puts you off? Uh, no, usually, usually people are quite respectful in yeah. the questions that they ask. Uh, and if someone asks me a question that I do not really feel comfortable or, or want to answer, I will just tell them to uh, just skip, skip it. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, that, that has to happen. That has happened in the past. Uh, it usually relates to when people continually, uh, continually ask me questions about my former band when I'm here to promote Memoriam, yeah. not what I did 30 years ago. Uh, obviously, it's part of what I do. Uh, what I, what, where I'm at now, and I do incorporate it in my answers regularly, but I don't like to, you know, bang on and specifically answer questions relating to my history and what I've done in the past. Has that gotten like better? That. I mean, you guys have so many albums now. I would imagine the first one people wanted to drain on about it, yeah. but now, absolutely, yeah, we're on the yeah, fifth, yeah. Right? I mean, this is it. This is it. That's the whole, the whole, the whole thing. Is you know, the memoriam. You know, we are born from the ashes of, of what happened in the past. You know, we without without that kind of 
historical precedence, I wouldn't be in the privileged position to be able to do what I'm doing now. You know, so it has acted as a step for me to enable me to carry on doing the thing that I love doing, which is great. You know, I'm, I'm very proud of what I've achieved in the past and would never decry that. And people love it, you know, and I can't take that away from people. But it does get a little bit monotonous when people continually uh, try and compare you. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, a discourse, a debate that you can never win because you, you're either too too similar to what to bolt throw or not similar enough or too <laughs> yeah. different you know and, and the, the, the discourse is like well we're not even in that same game you know we, we're we've attempted you know from day one to, to to kind of remove ourselves from that discourse and kind of create our own self of sense of identity which is yeah obviously it's taken a while for us to do that but i think you know now five albums in uh I think we finally managed to um, shake those shackles and people have, I think we did that, yeah, by album number three in reality. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. people started to accept uh, us for who we are and what we're doing and and realise that, that, you know, we are, we're not a bolt through a tribute band. You know, we're not a cover band. We're not going to sound, we want to sound different. We want our own sense of identity. It's taken a while for us to develop that. And, um, you know, we're here now, and, and and we're alive, and we're doing it, and we're moving forward. And it just it just gets a little bit monotonous when people bang on about bolt thrower all the time to me. You know, and sometimes I have to just turn around and say, "Well, fuck you, for fuck's sake, get over it, get over yourself. It's done. Move on. That's what I've done." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's got to be worse too nowadays because I'm sure back when you were in, you know, both throwing in those older those older days, you didn't have the internet, and now absolutely you've got absolutely, people yeah. with, like you said, that have all these different opinions. I'm sure if you go on. I don't know, YouTube, you're going to have half the comments saying not bolt thrower enough and the other half saying not whatever enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's, 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 it's just a, a debate that we just try not to get engaged with. It's just it's pointless. It's ever, ever, ever evolving. And that shit, you're right. You know, when we first started out this, you know, it was the only communication or feedback you got was from people that actually took the time to send you a letter, um, you know, uh, you know, or, you know, a a mainstream radio show like John Peer or something like that, you know, that, that was the only time of times. Uh, so the internet, everyone, everyone has an opinion. That's fine. Do you read uh, that? But yeah, the keyboard, what I saw keyboard worries out there, but yeah, you learn to rise above all that. And yeah, kind of, yeah. The, the, the key uh, to what we do is we're just doing it for ourselves at the end of the day. We enjoy doing it. And uh, everything else on top of that is just a little bit of a bonus, really. It's quite, quite nice that, you know, we, have that ability that other people like it. That's great. Uh, some people don't. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, people that do like it, like it a lot. And people buy our records and support us and come to gigs. And you know, that's all. I'll still be doing this. We'll still be doing this if we were just in the rehearsal room, you know, uh, drinking beer with my mates, uh, banging out punk rock covers on a Friday evening between seven and nine o'clock uh, and having a laugh, just doing it that. Yeah, that would be fine. You know, I, as long as we... we I continue to enjoy doing it for what it is. That's the key. That's the bottom line. And that's what it should be all about for anyone, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Was, was, that, was, that, was that a question? Was that a question? Did I just create my own question there? <laughs> it's perfect. I, mean, that's, uh, I feel like you can feel that, though. You can feel that in your guys' music. I mean, you guys have been pumping out albums. The intensity is there. It feels, uh, it feels fresh and invigorated, especially, like you said, man, since Requiem on, it's just been... Uh, 
yeah. energy yeah, man, is there and it's, Absolutely, just, it's so yeah. cool I, to hear I, that. I think definitely by recreation so the first couple of hours we were kind of trying to find ourselves find our own sense of identity break away from you know things we did in the past and it was you know, quite a difficult process to do that but i think by album number three with you know th- uh, three albums under our belt with you know particularly with, with dan seagrave as our in-house artist we started to develop a kind of a sense of imagery around what we were doing which worked really really well but then when we clicked in with russ russell down at parlor studios we found that kind of that kind of almost that missing x factor to to, mm. to success the, the blueprint was kind of almost complete but you know um so we've used that you know we, we're very much creatures of habit once we find something we know that works and we like we stick to it because it, and we build on that you know we're not we're not afraid to try out new things and push forward and you know, experiment a little bit you know that's that's the creativity of what we do you know that's the the, the beauty of making music is having that ability to try yeah. and do different things but yeah as you say we are uh, we're knocking them out at a phenomenal rate you know five albums in seven years isn't too bad for uh us people in the autumn of our lives yeah (laughs) right Uh, that's what i was gonna say you said just trying new things and all of that and one of the things that i really have loved about memoriam is uh i mean we know you for your war lyrics and that's, I mean, God, that's, that's, I mean, that's why we all. I'm always going to be war lyrics, right? I, I, I mean, if I start, if I start, if I drop me war lyrics, there'd be, there'd, there'd be, oh, chaos. <laughs> right. Uh, right. <laughs> but it's cool the way yeah, that you've start, been able to integrate. Write songs about love and peace. And, and <laughs> it'd, it'd, it'd be terrible. Uh, there'd be riots on the streets, people burning the records. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, it's something that I've done for 30 odd years, isn't it? You know, it's, it's my default button, you know, and, and I know. I can write them in my sleep, really. And I enjoy it. I enjoy that, you know, I've been doing it for 30 years. It's been interesting, actually, because, you know, there are songs about war, which was predominantly the only theme of the previous band I was in. Um, you know, there were songs kind of like historical war, wars in the future, kind of like futuristic, kind of, you know, kind of ephemeral kind of wars, the war inside, yeah, the psychological war, war per se. So I've retained that, you know, I've moved forward retain that important element of what I do. Also with Memoriam, I, I'm very pleased to introduce some other thematics. So you, know, you may have noticed that I've actually introduced quite a strong thread of political social comments yeah. in the uh, the lyrics that I write on a lot of albums. And yeah, as I have now, I'm knocking on a little bit, I am very pleased or like to write songs which are generally about life in general, you know, taken from experience, you know, about life, joy sorrow grief you know moving forward in your life not looking back or looking back you know so those are the three elements that i tend to write for memoriam you know war as you pointed out being one of the predominant ones specifically on this album even more so than maybe ones in the past because really i draw reference to the world around us when i'm writing lyrics you know, I kind of look to what's happening in the world, what's affecting me, what I think is important mm. to make social comment about. And there just so happens to be prospective World War Three kicking off on our doorstep down the road in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, so that has had a very, very strong influence in an inspirational effect on my lyrical writing context on this album. It seems kind of ironic in many ways that I've written songs about war for 30 years and at this point 
in 2022, 23. Uh, those lyrics seem to bear more relevance now to the world around us than they have done ever done in the past because they are specifically relating to something that's happening right here, right now. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it seems that all the, the social, political commentary, the songs of experience and the songs about war are kind of all merged into one big conglomeration with the lyrics on, on this album because they all tie in together very tightly due to the the issues that exist in the world around us at this point. Yeah, I, that's what I, I was going to say. I really love about Memoriam, though, is the way that you do tie all that together. We've got the older themes, like you said, but you take in the new ones. But when you when you do the, the more political stuff or when you talk about something with inside, it still fits. You know, it still yeah. has that same motivating component or that, that driving, you know, goes with the music so well. And that's what I love about it. Absolutely. Um, it's always inspired by the music. You know, I've, I've never want, I can never sit down and write a, a lyrical tome without hearing or being moved by, uh, you know, it's all about the riff. The bottom line, the core to any successful song or band really is the riff. And that's what drives me. When I hear a specific riff, I kind of visualise the kind of timing structure within that. And that's where the words and the lyrical structure and timing comes and then the words fit in. Uh, to that process that's the way I've always written it's always always written in that in that way I think most people do I I don't think there are many lyricists that write uh, an epic set of lyrics and then fit it to music it's always the other way around from well from what I know that works best for me and uh, yeah one of the great things about um, particularly about these last two albums that we've done which is different from what we've done previously. There's a few, quite a few issues that are different. But from my lyrical perspective is that maybe the first three albums we did were within a year. We did them at a very, very fast pace. That was what we were trying to do. Then COVID came along, which kind of like impacted our, our ability to, to do it so quickly. So we had a bit of a, a longer time scale to write and pre-produce the songs within. Now, in that time scale, the extra six months that we had, I sat down and I wrote the lyrics. I restructured the lyrics. I rewrote the lyrics, so I was completely happy with them. But most importantly, I went over to Riff Central Studios, which is Scott's studio, mm-hmm. guitarist, uh, and I demoed them. I demoed the vocals, which is something I've never done in the past ever you know in 30 odd years of doing it I've, wow. ne- I've always delivered the vocals in the studio when I'm recording them changed and chopped them and changed them around whilst recording them so you know I wasn't really sure so yeah when you write lyrics or words you've got an idea in your head until you actually deliver them you don't know if it's going to work or not so this kind of element of being able to demo them in advance was an absolute godsend for me you know it was a real great um grand breaking moment because I then knew all the words I had were right, were in place. I knew the structures mm. and the timings of them. So when we actually went into the album, to, the studio to record them, this was on the last album to the end and yeah. this album, Rise to Power, um, I knew what I had to do. So all I had to do in the studio was concentrate entirely, 100%, on the delivery of the vocals. So I had nothing else to worry about, just purely focus on the delivery. And as a result of that, I think they've come out a lot stronger. Yeah, I agree. That's that's cool. That that seems like that would make a huge difference. Um, yeah. What about uh, you've been doing this for a long time with the lyrics? You know how you've changed it. What has been maybe even just the hardest one 
lyrically, either whether it was to write the lyrics or to match it to the music, you know, across the whole span of anything you've done. What's the hardest one? Um, oh, well, I'd like, I'll probably point out to um, the opening track of this here new album, Rise mm. to Power, which is, uh, never forget, never again, open brackets, six Great million song. dead, closed brackets. There's a song about the Holocaust. Um, now that, for me, is a song that I've tried to write on and off for about the past 15, 20 years. It's been one of those songs that I've really thought, right, I want to do a song about the Holocaust, but whenever I sat down and tried to write it to a certain song, I don't have any mind to write it to, it just never worked. You know, the, the, the lyrical content just didn't seem strong enough. It didn't give the subject matter enough um, emotive justice. You know, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty harrowing kind of like subject matter. And you know, to do it justice, it's, you gotta really think about it but i we actually are yeah it's around about this time last year when i actually wrote the lyrics to that it was around about the holocaust memorial um day which is every year around about 23rd of january mm -hmm. and there was a lot of content on social media a lot on, on the television a lot of documentaries uh which were from people that experienced it yeah first-hand accounts of uh the holocaust you know from from all sides uh, and so I managed to draw a lot of uh, inspiration. Um, just a lot of it, I took some to the lyrics you know, straight from what the people said, and managed to hone it into this track. Uh, and really, I only had, I only could do that because when I heard the track, it's got, it's it's got such a melancholic kind of tone to it uh, that it really fitted really well. I knew automatically that this was the one. So after attempting to write this song for 15, 20 years, mm. finally, finally got it in the bag and finally got around to do it. I'm really pleased with the way uh, it's come out in the end. And, you know, the fact that it's the opening track on the album, you know, it shows its strength. And, yeah, I'm really proud of that one. In particular, more, yeah, I mean, particularly I'm very proud of managing to do that. You know, it's a, something that I feel is important to... Uh, you know, to to to, to make make note about because oh, yeah. you know, I mean, as, got as, as the years go by, that's their stories get lost because yeah. they're all, you know passing away and, and we're losing those kind of like real stories. So yeah, you know, it's something that needs to be kept alive. You know, and uh, so for me to to write something about that and pass those concepts and ideas on is very important for me to do that. So yeah, that that, that in particular would be the one that I say was I've struggled with to write for a long time, but now I have finally finally done it so yeah, yeah I can, I can, and it's I can, one of this one of my favorites on. for sure on the album i mean it's, I it's on, yeah. such a great track yeah and it's great i'm I quite mean, i'm quite chuffed with the fact i've got the, the words million <laughs> to write to rhyme with children so <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was kind of uh, that was a, that was a, a moment that was like, yeah very good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great it's great well and that's cool i mean it's great to have uh, a band that's highlighting that aspect of it as opposed to, I, you know, I love digging into underground metal and all this different stuff and, and black metal and stuff. And I feel like every week I find a band that is focusing on the opposite, you know, the nationalist, socialist type of stuff. And um, you yeah. know, whether it's outright or it's people that are, you find out there, those they, people that are tied to stuff like that. They've got associations or they're flirting with the, with the, uh, yeah. kind of like the, the imagery of it all. Yeah. Well, that's, I, you know, that's what I'm directly opposed to. You know, I'm, I'm quite a, quite a strong staunch, um, anti-fascist, uh, in my uh, opinion, always have been, yeah. uh, maybe didn't come out so much, you know, to the front 
with my former band. But, you know, I've always come from that kind of like left kind of field of, of thinking, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just lucky that I have that ability to kind of like, you know, get on my soapbox and uh, and pontificate about these things with Memoriam, which is, uh, you know, we all come, we, we come from a, you know, kind of punk kind of anarchist kind of background when we first started out. That's the music that inspired us. So, you know, those roots are deep within us. And it's great to have the ability to unleash those kind of like old yeah. uh, old themes that are still within my mindset, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, you know, the, the, I think sometimes, sometimes people give this National Socialist kind of black metal a bit more credit than it deserves. You know, I think it's uh, it's not that big really. No. <laughs> not, you know, uh, it's not that good either. Uh, uh, but yeah, but I'm directly opposed to that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, and... Uh, that's that's my uh, that's my bag. That's my stance. That's my position. Always has been. Always will be. Yeah. No surprise there. No passeran. No passeran. <laughs> well, you said so with, with with your political beliefs. Did that all come kind of from the music you were taking in, or was it family as well? Because I mean, a lot of it does seem to be. A lot of people kind of pull that from uh, music if they were into the punk scene or specific yeah. music scenes. It does kind of have a power on people. It seems. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously, you know, coming from the UK, you know, there's a historical kind of aspect. The war, you know, aspect has always been there. You know, my parents were, you know, young uh, in the teens, late, late teens in the uh, in the in the Second World War. My grandfather fought in the First World War. So although that kind of, that kind of theme of war prevails and is in you know our, our mindset, you know. Um, but yeah, the political aspect very much comes from, you know, getting into bands like Crass, you know, Antisex, Amoebics, you know, all those kind of like Amico punk bands uh, that emerged in the late, mid to late 80s, uh, which really, you know, that's, I kind of got into that. That's what formulated my sense of identity, my uh, my passion, and got me into, it really got me into the music per se. So yeah, that's 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 where it all comes from, that, that kind of ideology. That uh, that comes along hand in hand with that that music, you know, and that's that kind of stays with you. You know, it's, it's part of your roots, part of who you are. So uh, that's where I am. That's who I am. That's yeah. where I am now. Do uh, were people maybe who you know followed you from Bolt Thrower, followed along from Memoriam? I would imagine there were some people that like maybe didn't know that part of you since it wasn't a direct lyrical theme. Were there people that were? I don't know, offended or said, forget this band because of what they're singing about or. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I had quite a few, I had a few, had a few of them were quite, uh, quite, spit. there's one guy in particular that was really kind of like offended, kind of a, yeah, he, he kind of, it was a very much a MAGA, bro Trump kind of like, you know, Republican. And then when I pulled out my, um, fuck this, let's go shopping Obama style with my Barack Obama shopping bag. Yeah, he, he offended me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Of course, there's there's that there's that. But you know, the majority of people, um, I'm, I'm not I'm not really out there to um, to win hearts and minds. You know, I'm there sure. to affirm uh, the beliefs and mindsets of the people that think in the same way that I do. You know, I'm not, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to change people's opinions and the way they think politically but you know i'm there here to just pontificate and stand up for what i think is right and you know align myself with the people of similar mindsets you know yeah. that's that's the key really 
give them strength, give them power, and um, we shall rise to power together. <laughs> See what I did there? I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would I know? You guys don't tour a lot outside of the UK. Um, no, what if don't. you had a? I don't know. I, there's certain. I, I remember there was a festival that I've seen full of just shady bands with a lot of those, you know, fascist types of ties. I, I imagine the answer to this, but if you, if you were offered a slot on a band on a tour where, or a tour or a festival or where, you know, where certain bands were, whether they're promoting certain things or they have ties, would you do that? Or would you take a kind of a stand against that by not, or how would you approach something like that? I don't, yeah, I'm not in a band. I don't yeah, yeah, we've had, we've had that in the past. You know, there's been a few festivals that have, have approached us and asked us if you want to play, and we look at the lineup and go, there's no way. Yeah. No, I'm not playing, I'm not going to get anywhere near that stink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we, we do have standards, we have morals, we have we have kind of our codes yeah. or behaviour. You know, uh, we, we do question sometimes. You know, there was, I think uh, I think we played, there was one last year we played, and we were kind of, I mean, in Ireland, there's a few bands on there. That we weren't quite sure of. Uh, that was Dark Easter. Uh, we got there. You know, the, uh, the promoter himself was a, a staunch anti-fascist, and the bands that I had my concerns about turned out to be really nice people. And they weren't. They weren't Nazis at all. I can't remember what band it was. To be perfectly honest, it was a, it was a Canadian band. Can't remember. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, we we do. You know, if 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 there's a there's a, that's, an, that's an automatic red flag. That's never yeah. that's never going to happen. You know, but yeah, as I say we we are very selective in the shows that we do, which is something you know. Well, we've we've moved around the ethos that we kind of have retained from you know what we did in the past. We with uh, my former band, uh, you know, I've taken elements of that that work really well, and, and being being selective about what we do um, works well for us. You know, we as I say, we're not a band that's ever going to jump on a tour bus and go go on an extended tour for thirty dates. You know, I, I really, at this point in my life, that's the last thing I want to do. It, it, yeah. it, it would kill me. <laughs> it would kill me. Yeah. Uh, so we do things on our own, on, on our own terms. We, we, you know, we manage a lot of things and, and promote ourselves. We organise a lot of our own shows through directly through promoters. Uh, we just signed up to uh, Route One with Ben Wood. Uh, from Orange Goblin, his label, only because we know Ben and we know he'll, he'll put us in the right places, open up a few doors maybe. But yeah, generally speaking, we are a uh, we are weekend warriors, and we're proud of that, and it works for us. Yeah, you know, for, for, I don't particularly want to play the arse end of nowhere on a Tuesday night to thirty people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've done that in the past, and I don't at this point. I, I'm, that doesn't really hold any yeah. sense of glory to me. So yeah, it's weekends mainly. But you know, saying that. It is virtually every other weekend, you know, which fits in nicely with our work life, you know, responsibilities. You know, I'm I'm a father, I've got two young children, I've got a job, I've got a mom that's got dementia. So there's lots of responsibilities and things at, at home that are more as important, you know, more important than, than being in a band. So, you know, going out and doing it every other weekend suits us fine. I think the same applies to our fan base to a certain extent as well. You know, they're from the same kind of thing. They only, I don't, I, I very rarely would go out and see a band on a Tuesday night. You know, it's yeah. weekends really when I go yeah. and see bands. Really I'll do it, point. but it's always rough. It's never. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's got to be something really special yes. uh, to, to pull me out on a weekday. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's the way it works. It's roles for us uh, and we're happy with that, you know, and it, it kind of works well. So we're going to keep on doing that. So yeah, I mean, financially, logistically, 
all these issues, you know, have to come into effect when we make our decisions. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably not very highly likely that we will ever get ourselves beyond the uh, the, re- the realms of the European super state, sure. which we are no longer part of. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to... I wanted to ask a question about Scott, your uh, guitarist. The uh, <laughs> um, so many great riffs, so many great ideas, um, and especially on these last two, so much uh, a lot of variety. What? Where does he? I know he's younger than you guys. Does he have? You know, it, what? How does his influences compare with your guys? Is, is it similar? Different? Yeah, it's, got, it's, it's got a lot. More energy than we we have. He's a young young whippersnapper at <laughs> forty five or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's generation so he has he has got a different sphere of influence. You know, we I say previously me me and Frank and Spike. You know, we all come from that old punk kind of background. But he's more influenced heavily by say the mid nineties technical melodic death metal scene. Mm. You know. Uh, monstrosity things like that. he likes you know Devin Townsend you know personally no idea never heard of any of them um not my bag not my thing yeah. but yeah he, he's heavy so, so for me when I hear stuff like that he does in influence them it's new to me and I think oh that's good yeah. um so yes yeah, so that kind of that combination of different influences really really works and yeah it's potentially what makes you know memoriam the band it is but yeah I thought I think that um Scott's uh, impact and his influence on, on the band it cannot be understated because yeah, he is an absolute riff monster. Uh, he lives, he lives for writing riffs. That's 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 all he does. You know, basically, he'll go to work, he'll come home, to eat, or maybe not. Strange the studio, and every night you'll see him. You know, if you, if you follow him on social media, you'll see him there live live casting, writing music. Mm. Every every night he's continually writing music. And that's I think that's really given us the the drive. Maybe he's you know the major driving factor of why we've been able to push forward at such a fast pace is purely through the the creative output that Scott produces. You know he's, he's you know we've got a million dollar riff vault as we call it, which is absolutely rammed rammed full of riffs. So much so that we actually went to his studio last weekend to write and structure album number six this wow. one's not out yet album number five's not out yet but we've <laughs> already got album number six ready to work on to go in the studio and record it maybe towards the end of this year wow. so you know and that's purely because scott is such a prolific songwriter you know he writes for us he writes for his other band as the world dies he writes for a little project that me and project so you know he could write i mean you know 20 albums no problem so yeah there's there's lots and lots of fire left in the old engine and plenty of material for us to pilfer from the uh the million dollar refilt uh if needs be i know uh in the past i've heard you mention that you may only do the six albums you know you got the two trilogies is that? Are you still thinking that might be the end, or keeping it open? Well, that was that, that was the plan. That that was the plan. <laughs> but you know, best laid plans always go amiss. So yeah, we just we're gonna yeah we got we got enough going on, and really we thought, well, you know, okay, we'll see how it goes. After album number six, let's see where we're at. I think the bottom line is though, if you're still enjoying doing it and still people try to hear it, 
you know, and we still want to go out there and do gigs, then why stop? You know, that's, 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 that's I started off this interview saying if you if you in the key to success or key to you know anything in life that is you don't enjoy it, you know, and uh, once you stop enjoying it, then that's the point where you should stop doing it. So many, so many, so many bands. No, I mean, you know, but so many bands you see just going through the motions these days, uh, as if there's, you know, because there's nothing else from they can do. But yeah. you know, life is massive. There's lots of other things you can do if she is end to you leave band. Uh, I know that I wasn't. I, I left uh, the music kind of thing for about five, about ten years, you know, and, and lived a life. I always kind of missed it. I was always called Carl Bolter, even though I wasn't in the band. <laughs> uh, and uh, so for me. Yeah, it's been great because I've, I've, I, the way I see, it, I've had three bites of the cherry, you know, the bite of the pie, whatever you call it, you know. So initially, when I first started in Bolt Thrower in 1987, eight, you know, just purely through chance because I, you know, drove the band, no, through, through no skill or ability, I just got to join the band through default because I knew them, I could drive. Uh, and then I left, obviously. Then I rejoined it again in 2013, so not, I don't know, maybe maybe 2006, five. I don't know. It's a long time ago, 2003. Had a few years out. And then it, then when it folded, started Memoriam. So the way I see it, I had three, you know, three bites of doing this, and it's been, yeah, it's been a strange, incredible journey, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Probably enjoying it no more now than I ever have done because. You know, I appreciate it for what, I, what it is, you know, and uh, and long may that last. It's been great. So, yeah, never say never, but we'll, we'll see what happens when we get to 2024 and our number six is out and uh, we've gigged with it. And I'm pretty sure there's more stuff to come there. Good. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Um, we'll keep on playing until we've got our Zimmer frames. <laughs> um, yeah. With uh, you were mentioning Scott and how much he's uh, contributed, and we talked a lot about variety and and kind of each album just kind of spreading out a little bit more. Is there anything, whether it's something Scott's written or talked about, or or parameters that you place on the band where you're like, we don't want to do that, or we're going to keep that out of it, or is it just yeah. open? Are we going to get clean <laughs> yeah. vocal, Carl? Well, Are we yeah, going to get I, rapping, I, Carl? You know what's out of the? There we go. Yeah, there's an idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always, you know, I, I'm, I, as you know, I've mentioned, I'm not particularly a big massive fan of Black Metal. Okay. Uh, and I never thought, I'm not, we're not having anything like that. But however, there is a riff on the last album, one or two, uh, specifically in, in the track All Is Lost, which is, mm. sounds a bit Black Metal. So, yeah, so, so it never, kind of, I'm always, like, we're always kind of open to stuff. We, we let him keep the over-technical stuff for each other band as the world dies. Uh. You know, that, that, so if it gets overly technical, it's all about the groove, it's all about the riff. That's old school death metal. When it reams off into techno prog, he's got other outlets for that. He can he can use that in there. And there's a lot of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's got plenty of out, out avenues and outlets for every everything that he comes up with, you know. And, uh, yeah, I think one of the things we haven't touched on is, is uh, one of the big impacts on the last two albums is Spike, the new drummer. You know, his yeah. ability and what he brings to the band, uh, with no disrespect to Well, he's my, you know, my oldest best mate, and I'll never uh, decry that. Yeah, but what... Um, Spike brings a, a different dimension to his playing style, you know, and, and I think that's added to the band 
and yeah, pushed us on to another level, which which is you know great to see. You know, especially on this new album when he's been with us for an ex- you know nearly two years now. With, with the last album, we we got a taste of what he could do. Yeah, you know, especially with the last track, as my heart grows cold. There's a few Neil Peart moments in there, and uh, I think you know because he'd only been with us for a few weeks before we went to the studio, he didn't have much time to learn it. So he which pretty much followed what we we played on you know on superior drum on the on the drum patterns. He followed that to a certain extent, but put his little style in here and there. But with this new album, he's had the ability to to listen and work on it, and really has come through to the to the front. And that's really one of the key uh, big signatures which makes all these tones and textures and this style that makes this work and has progressed us onwards and upwards, which has made our position even more difficult for the next album. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great point, great point. Where are we going to go? I mean, one, one thing we haven't explored with Spike is his ability to create D-beat. He's one of the D-beat kings. Mm. We haven't used that much, so I think that's going to feature uh on the next album a few times definitely perfect beautiful um all right zoom's gonna kick me off because i'm uh, a chief skate and i didn't pay for the program Uh, you're a standard 40 (laughs) minute man are you okay we've got two minutes left which is good for you because i know you've got (laughs) you've got a lot to go still um last question uh with you you're an expert and you've been doing the war thing forever what is one book movie something i'm sure you've been asked this before that you enjoy the most when it comes to a war theme? Is there anything that sticks out? Even what recent, uh, old? Oh, my God. There's so many, so many, so many, so many that are, are kind of inspired me. You know, all the old classics are there, always there, you know. Um, the Longest Day is probably one of the ones that uh, is, is the, yeah, the really great, the original one is great film. Um, but uh, that's, that's absolutely those Guns over, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's so many. Uh, I, I could answer that question because I spent about 20 minutes answering that question. <laughs> particularly, I do particularly like Apocalypse Now, though. That's a great all-time classic. Platoon's another great one. You know, but yeah, uh, Saving Private Ryan. There's, there's loads of great what, great films. Dunkirk, lots of the new ones I'm talking about. Mm. But yeah, I'm pretty much inspired by a lot of the older, older films that are out there. The uh, the the the, the, um, the new film that's just won a load of awards as well. You know. Uh, quite on the western yeah. front the re- remake of that that's an incredible film to watch as well so i recommend that if anyone hasn't seen it so good i just saw that the other day, the day incredible film um so yeah that so yeah war the uh, in, in, enduring theme which will always be there the downfall of mankind he demands inhumanity it's a terrible thing but it is a great source of lyrical inspiration well so it's Carl, not all bad Carl, <laughs> i, I <laughs> really greatly appreciate it man um I had one comment from a listener when I asked for some questions, and then he just said, "Tell Carl, this is from Michael." He said, "Thanks for sticking up for what's right in a small, extreme scene." And we know we touched about that a lot already. So thank you, from Good Michael, man. and from everybody nice one, else. Nice one, Mike. All the best. Thanks for your support. We have less than one minute left, <laughs> so I will say goodbye, Jason. All right, Carl. I appreciate it, man. Good luck with this album coming out, and I'll be waiting for the next one. Cheers, buddy. I'll speak to you again in about 12 months. Sounds great. Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good one, bud. That's all, buddy. Take care.